0: Yes, yes. Welcome into the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. It's questions from the audience. Tim McKernan and Gangster Pete with you. I am in Jupiter, Florida, which might be my bunker for the next however long. Gangster Pete is in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios in Kirkwood. Gangster Pete, what's the good word?
1: Well, I hope no one with the virus has been in this studio because I think it recycles the same air over and over.
0: Boy, does it ever! <coughs> now that you say that, boy, does it uh, does it ever? I'm not sure what we're going to do. I was, I was an advocate of um, just driving back. Now I drove down here by myself on February 8th, 9th, 10th, something like that, and I didn't find it to be too bad, uh, considering it's 18 hours, and I made it from St. Louis to Orlando in one day. But with our son, who's two and a half. That would be impossible. And uh, my wife's parents, who uh, live here with us, um, are uh, you know are, they drove down, and, and so what we were thinking about doing is like Anna Marie and I would have like uh, an hour, or two hour shift with Jameson, and then they would have an hour or two, like we drive back together, you know, like the cars, uh, you know, driving same yep. pace. Uh, and then trick because he's he's batshit, and so it, it. I mean, this. I mean, I realize any two and a half year old is going to be an issue, but this is this is extreme, and uh, and so. We're, but at the same time, then it's like okay, maybe fly back, and flights are so inexpensive that you could do a nonstop. And I don't know. Would you fly right now, Gangster Pete?
1: Probably would. You would. Just because I I don't think there's gonna be anybody else on the plane anyway.
0: And uh, you know, one of the people. Um, Well, Adam Long, Adam Long, who I talked about playing with uh, the St. Louis on the tour. Uh, His dad is our real estate agent, and he's a pilot uh, for American Airlines. And we were talking about it, and he said, if anything, uh, the airlines, like, this this would be, like, the safest time in the sense that it is, they are going through such thorough procedures from a cleanliness standpoint. He goes, I know, as you can imagine, I know a bunch of pilots and a bunch of people, flight attendants and staff and, you know, nobody's having issues so
1: like i wouldn't uh, want my old man to fly on a plane but i i would have no problem doing it
0: yeah so i don't know i mean so i go back and forth on it i mean i can I, i could ship the car back like we've done in the previous years i don't know or then there's the theory and i just don't know on this we talked a little bit about it on the on the ryan kelly morning after about whether or not the warm weather is a better spot to be in than than in the colder weather um and whether or not that impacts things, so I, I don't know I don't know I mean either way I'm not doing anything I mean it's just you're you're you know it's just with me here I have this Comrex unit so I'm able to go on at any time um, if they did start making interstate travel uh, I don't want to say illegal but if they started shutting that down um, so I don't know I don't know it's a, it's a weird but then at that point then I can't be near my family it's a difference though with my my brothers and sister live in St Louis. My parents are there with them. So anyway, we go back and forth. I don't know. It's it's, it's up in the air. Uh, but uh, I don't know. It's, it's something I go back. Do we fly? Do we drive? Do Anna Marie and Jameson fly? And then do I drive? What's the best play? What's the most responsible thing to do? To be most more responsible to not travel at all and just stay here since we're not going anywhere anyway? I don't know. I go back and forth. How seriously are you handling this as a single gentleman. You're in a different place than I am in life, and I'm curious how you're handling it, especially considering um, around a week or eight, nine days ago, uh, you were, I don't know what the right word I use the term, you were exhausted of the topic. I, how how are you viewing it now?
1: I mean, I'm still exhausted of most people's opinions on the topic. Like, I just don't care what a random person thinks. Uh, when the experts have an opinion, I will listen to that. I find that very interesting. Uh, like I listened to the doctor on Rogan I listened to dr fauci on uh, part of my take this morning yeah that. Uh, that stuff like the article from the mathematician guy all that stuff I find very interesting uh, the opinion of one of my random friends or some guy in the fan pen I could care less about no. I could not care less about uh, um, but yeah I mean I'm handling things differently yeah, yeah I mean I'm, you do I am pretty much shutting it down uh, Like a week ago, uh, that probably wouldn't have been the case. But the more and more I read about it, it just seems like the right thing to do.
0: Yeah, Uh, I I think at this point, I would imagine the curbside uh, pickup is going to be the way it's going to be throughout the country. Um, Restaurants here are still open, but uh, certainly sparse attendance from a dine-in standpoint um, and if people are dining in, they have people separated by a, uh, a large margin from neighboring table to neighboring table. So, um, and it's, you know, this time next week, what will we like, how different will the world be when we record as, as Pete and I are talking right now, it is, uh, Wednesday, March 18th, 2020. What will things be like on the 25th? Because when we talked last week, Pete, the NBA, the NHL, uh, the PGA Tour was getting ready for the players. Baseball spring training was was going on. I mean, and and here we are a week later, and that and that and it really does. It's it's like I, that seems like th- three months ago to me. It does. You know? It feels
1: way longer than a week.
0: It just feels so weird. I the, the thing that I just keep going at is like I was sitting at the Cardinals Astros game, not this past Saturday, but the Saturday before that, and I was like, God, this sucks. It's it's like for a baseball game. It was like a Cardinal game in October. It was just for whatever reason it was cold down here and that's not usually the case in mid-march uh and i'm just like this sucks and now i'm like man i would go and sit in that and, and then that, <laughs> that comfort of ignorance uh i guess is the way i would describe it uh versus where things are right now and in the absolute uncertainty so you know i said this on the radio i said this on social media i might do more than one questions from the audience per week um you know, while we're in this spot, we have so many um, for the audience's purpose. I told Pete, I said, I am holding this thing to uh, an hour because I sometimes wind up going two hours and Pete just winds up sitting there and uh, it's, that's no good. Not fair to him. But I might just record them on my own and do social media, um, live shows, whatever the case might be. And, uh, and we have so many questions, most of which are in email. I just move them to the uh, QFTA file. The vast majority all have to do with this topic. Uh, And then here's the thing. I have not, and I kind of do it intentionally because that way, you know, Pete and I are both operating from the same level playing field. I don't read through them in advance. um, And so I can be caught off guard by the content as I read, kind of like during the design, air, heating, and cooling email of the day. So we'll see what we (laughs) have there. But people are always welcome to email in any topic. And we call it questions from the audience, but... Uh, we welcome opinions as well. Everything is welcome. Any topic is welcome. Uh, T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com is how you can email in. We do this from the com studios. Ryan Kelly, the home loan Uh With interest rates as low as they are, financing, refinancing, my word. Uh, this is, this is this, who would have ever thought? it would uh, get to rates where you're talking about being in the twos. If you were to ask our parents about that, they would laugh about it considering they were paying 10 times higher than that. So that's where we are, and if you are looking, then go to thehomeloanexpert.com. His name is Ryan Kelly, interest rates at all-time lows, and that's where we are. So go to thehomeloanexpert.com, the studio sponsor here of the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network. Another wonderful sponsor of this podcast is James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. And, man, at a time like this, really all of our sponsors, it all ties in. Uh, You certainly want to be monitoring with regard to refi, and you certainly want to make sure everything is buttoned up with home, auto, life, everything. Well, James Carlton is the person. 314-961-4800. He has an agency In Webster Groves, that is the world headquarters of James Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, 314-961-4800. to go online at carltoninsurance.net. He's my insurance agent. I don't think twice about recommending him. Just as a a small example, just kind of an illustration of the way it works. Yesterday uh, afternoon, I received a text from uh, somebody in the office asking for uh, the latest uh, odometer on my wife's car and uh and they're just looking to to save money for us uh that's the the, the, stuff like that i know you might go well who cares but they're the active party i know in previous insurance relationships i'd be the one tracking things down and you know i like to text as i would imagine the vast majority of people listening to this that's your preferred method of communication uh that's what they do Uh, certainly you can get on the phone of course they pride themselves on being available during business hours, you call that office. Somebody is going to answer the phone. It's not going to be farmed out to some call center. But uh, if you just need a quick question answered, they're there for you via text. Three one four nine six one forty eight hundred. Or go online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton, State Farm. And then Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, uh, Gangster Pete. I don't know uh, what uh, how much you uh, you are involved with uh, the the market and how much uh that situation has impacted everybody in our audience but i would imagine it doesn't matter what the dollar figure is the percentages are probably comparable and it has been uh man i would have to think that this you know depends on your age
1: i have a 401k it's not looking pretty
0: oh my goodness i mean it's like it's you know i i track all of this stuff uh in a really very simple spreadsheet But it allows me to see, you know, year over year and ups and downs, and it's not even year over year. I go back to February 15th to March 18th, and it's just, it's, you know. But, I mean, everybody's there. That is the situation. I remember talking to my dad here a couple days ago, maybe even yesterday, and he said, Timmy, this is just the way I kept my money in in 87 after Black Monday. It's just the way it is. You ride it out. If anything, I would buy up more. You know, listen, that's my dad. That's me. What does Mark Hanna think? Go to evergreenstl.com. His segment's on the Ryan Kelly morning after, I think, have given people peace of mind. As I remember a text uh, when he was on uh, yesterday, I think, saying uh, every time I hear him or hear you guys talk about him, it makes me want to reach out because you can just tell he's a calm, smart, good man, and that is the way I would – those are the adjectives I would describe Mark with. Uh, so in, in knowing the situation, it's even more important, than ever to have somebody go to evergreenstl.com. Mark Hanna with Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, another wonderful sponsor here of the Tim McCernan Show, along with Johnny Landoff Chevrolet, Highway 270 in the Washington Elizabeth Exit online at Londoff.com. Chevy, find new roads in Design Air, heating and cooling. DesignAirService.com, the number one train dealer in the Midwest. Seth Goldcamp and his family taking care of St. Louis's. Going back to 1904, they're the official HVAC provider of this wonderful podcast and the Ryan Kelly Morning After. And I just ask our listeners to continue to sponsor local businesses and support our advertisers here on this podcast. It is incredibly important, and we ask for your support for our advertisers during this time. Design air heating and cooling online at designairservice.com. The number one train dealer in the Midwest. All right, I'm just G- gangster Pete. I don't know what I'm going to find with these questions. I know I have a million of them, <laughs> and I haven't filtered through them. So we can we might just wind up pulling plugs as I go. Grab that. Uh, I'm going to start with the most recent one, which was sent in uh, this morning. Tim, it's disappointing. In 2020, we slash our country, or planet, can't come up with a vaccine by now for virus. Why are we so dependent on bringing goods in from China and not able to make our own medicine and drugs? When and if this virus gets beaten or numbers go down, will big crowds still be something of the past? So on a funny side, when will sports be played in a cave since caves are easier than playing (laughs) games from the moon? Holy shit. Knowing what you know now, would you rather have the virus now or everything be the, quote, normal now and the virus come after October 6th? Okay. Okay. Hope you had a happy St. Patrick's Day.
1: (laughs) This guy had a happy St. Patrick's Day.
0: (laughs) Wishing you and radio and real family good health and happiness. Lastly, do you or the cat or Doug have an expertise (laughs) on uh, depression or do you think it's a weakness? Once again, thanks. Hope I can text into the show again. Take care and stay healthy. Thanks sincerely, Vic. So there that is, Gangster Pete. I'll let you. Uh...
1: Well, I, I, I remember the beginning of the question, <laughs> and I know that it's hard to stay on top of the viruses because they mutate. So you're not always creating like a vaccine or whatever for the same, for the same virus. So that's that's the answer to that question. And the rest, I kind of lost track.
0: Um, Yeah, well, I do think with regard to reliance on China, I do think that you're going to see a change with that. Not that there will no longer be reliance on China, so to speak, but that people will be having plan B's and C's. Uh, I think that there was interest in that anyway, and I think this now will force that. Uh, With regard to the virus, the thing had not been um, transferred from uh, animal to human um, until, I believe... So November or December of 2019, Pete? Uh, we've listened to. I don't know the uh, dates, Tim. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're on the same Doug train. But either way, the, the, you know, in vaccines, you don't just whip them up and then have them out in a week. There's a testing process. Um, so that's the answer to that. that Fauci
1: talked about on. that testing process on the podcast today. What
0: did he have to say about that? Because I'm looking forward to listening to that today. Wait, Fa- he- Fa- Dr. Fauci, un- pardon my take.
1: I mean, he said that the fastest way they can do it safely with cutting out parts of the process is about a year, mm. but he's like, he, he, the thing is you can't give a healthy person something that's going to hurt them, you know? So you got, you've got to do proper testing, but the fastest is about a year. Usually it's much longer than that.
0: Let me ask you this and it's along the lines of this and I'm just curious here and this is all this, you know, this, this format, as I always say, when it's just me or just me and you BSing allows us to expound. Uh, so is there something, like you've been clear, Pete, that you, um, it's not that you're you're disregarding it at all, so I want to make that clear because I feel like there's almost a, like a, a sense of like there's some social media shaming of people who are not taking it seriously. You know, like on the fan page, there are still a few scragglers, not many anymore, uh, who are, I don't know if the right word would be in denial or now they've kind of moved the goalpost to, well, I just don't think it's as big of a deal or I just don't think that it should be talked about as much because of economic impact. It's like a a moving target perhaps, and those words will always be there unless they delete all their posts, but something that I was thinking about and I was discussing with uh, my wife last night is what would like right now, on a panic scale, from where we were when we recorded last week to where we are now, it's multiplied exponentially already and I'm trying to think what the next thing would be that would Compound the panic for the majority of Americans, and again, this isn't a pleasant thought. It's not, it, you know, it's not a pleasant topic. But I would think it would be someone who everyone knows passing away from it, because the next step after that is someone you you family. personally know, whether it be family or friend. And then I think it drives it home. Like, what's going to get people off beaches? That kind of question. What do you think, Pete?
1: I mean, yeah, I think it's going to have to personally affect people before it, before they really— uh, I mean, and I'm talking more like the younger people. I think the people that are older, more in the age range where this could affect them, are taking it more seriously. I think the younger people will start taking it more seriously when it starts to affect their life. Like right now, they're just looking at something that's not really a big deal for them.
0: What are you seeing around St. Louis? What is your impression of what, you, what you're what you seeing around St. Louis? And you you live in the city. What do you— uh, what is your impression of what you're uh, well, seeing I live in now Soulard. versus two weeks ago?
1: I live in Soulard, and it is uh, way less crowded than it has been. I mean, the bars are still open. Like, I see people out smoking cigarettes when I drive home. So I know there's still people in there, but, like, just the crowds are much smaller. Uh, I mean, I went out last Friday to dinner and in, at a Peacemaker, and it was packed. Really? And that was my last day going out. I, that's I shut it down after that. But uh, it, it was packed. Like, we had to get a reservation it was packed at 630.
0: So we, uh, you know, being where we are, which I guess is, uh, by definition, Palm Beach County, as you can imagine, it is a much older, uh, especially at this time of year, but in general, older demographic, there's certainly some young people here, but you know, definitely have a lot of retirees and, um, and we live on PGA national golf course. Um, and yesterday, uh, I looked out there and I said I guess they've shut I guess they've shut it down cuz there was no one out there and I thought wow that's 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 surprising I guess I mean surprising might not be the word that just I, that wasn't a step that I thought that they would take before something else because I'll go over there and I, I hit balls and I take my son over there and he screws around in the bunkers and couldn't be happier and it's just something we like to do in in the late afternoon early evening and I'm like, wow, it went from being over there less than 24 hours, hell, like 15 hours ago to uh, it, it just being completely shut down. And then I saw a golf cart pull up uh, to, the, to the tee box on the hole where we live, and there were people playing. But so few people are out on that golf course, and it's not just one course, there are, there are five courses under the PGA National umbrella, four that are on this property, and, and one is a couple miles to the west. And there's so few people playing that it looked like it was closed. And there's a guy I met when I actually played with, uh, Deke Dodum's father. Um, and this guy was just put in our group, uh, when Dodum's father drove over from the golf side and, and, and I played with him and this was, I don't know, at this point, probably three weeks ago. And, um, and, I, you know, he's a younger guy, and, and I said, yeah, man, I'm always looking to play, and he's a member there. And he said, all right, I'm, I'm, I get off work early, you know, we'll get out and play. And, uh, and so we were texting, and he said, hey, you want to play today? And I said, I would. I said, I said, I think your course is closed. I think they shut it down. He goes, that's weird. I haven't gotten any emails. And it turns out that, it, obviously, it isn't closed since I wound up seeing people. But the reason I bring it up is so few people who are older are, are going out and being in a spot, even on a golf course, much less a restaurant. So we always have enjoyed going to this Taco Tuesday thing. It's been a running joke on the Ryan Kelly Morning After about me making a big deal out of the fact that they make the guacamole table side as if that's, (laughs) you know, unheard of, and Doug dismissing it. And so we like Taco Tuesday. We figured this would probably be the last one no matter what, whether we stay here or we leave or whatever, Whatever we leave in the next 24 hours. Hell, it doesn't matter. And so we went last night. And it's, I mean, usually we went around eight o'clock and usually at eight, and this is on a Tuesday, usually that, I mean, you'll see a lot of Cardinals there, Mets there, uh, Marlins there, Nationals, Astros, golfers. It's just, it's kind of a social scene. Plus it's just a little like whatever people to gorge themselves with all you can eat tacos. And at eight o'clock, it's usually about a 45 minute to an hour wait. And. Last night, not only do we walk right in and get seated right away, I would bet it was at 50% capacity, and I didn't see anybody over the age of, God, I don't know, 45? I don't know. I mean, it's just, and so for a community that is, again, certainly older and made up of retirees, there's plenty of young people too, but overall, the higher percentage is, is, is got to be 70 and above, that portion of the population down here, and I believe there have been, I think, well, there have been deaths in Florida. There hasn't been a death in Missouri yet, as, as we're recording this, uh, and I think it was in Fort Lauderdale, if I'm not mistaken, uh, which, is, which is about an hour south. Uh, people are certainly, like to speak to what you said, taking it seriously. The question then goes back to where we started on it was, what will it take for people in their teens and 20s to take it seriously? And I don't know what that's going to be. I, I don't. I don't know if they will. I don't know. I mean, I guess if, if like you said, somebody passing close to them is that what's going to do it, or is it? Is it even just getting it? You know.
1: Yeah, I think people passing close to them, but then also I think as more people get tested, these numbers are about to get a lot more right. eye opening, and I would hope that that would open some people's eyes. Because I, I got a graph sent to me from a doctor friend of mine that said there's like a hundred tests for every million people in the united states so wow there's clearly not enough tests
0: what do you think the testing issue is
1: i don't know i uh it looks like it's a pretty extensive process to get tested
0: i mean the the, the, the we we've said we've seen it on the fan page uh, there was an article in the post dispatch um a, a lady who I, I i guess i don't know directly but i saw on facebook i had a bunch of mutual friends with so i must like have obviously i know her some in some capacity but just might not be super close with her and tony messenger wrote the story about her detailing how she went in she had all the symptoms and they wouldn't give her a test they didn't have one and then they kept sending one center to urgent care then urgent care center to the er then er center to a different doctor and it was just like a circle and you couldn't get a test and it's just a very strange thing and at any time you have this conversation not everybody but a healthy percentage of those listening then immediately line up and start talking about the politics of it and Donald Trump, and that's that's when I ask about it and then, you know and I asked about it yesterday on the TMA fan page and I said does anybody have an answer to why and then somebody sent me what what I did think was a very good. Um, column in the Atlantic if I'm not mistaken did you read that by chance Pete oftentimes we read the same things
1: I'm not sure which one you're referring to. I've seen uh, a couple uh, yeah, of in the I Atlantic guess,
0: yeah I, I guess you should be more specific this was about um, it started off with um, how it was an eye-opening moment for uh, Japan in I think it was the 1850s when a U.S. Um, a, a, a series of U.S. ships I think came into Tokyo's port and fired, you know, fired, I guess, I don't know what the hell you're firing, cannons, I don't know, as you come in and, and said, we are going, I don't know, whatever they said, did something to let, and in Japan then realized in that moment that they were way behind the rest of the world, and they had kind of closed off and felt like they were the superior society, and then they realized, oh, my God, we have to, we have to change. Right. That's the, that's that that's how the column started. That
1: I did not read column. that. Okay. It in, okay. sounds interesting premise so far.
0: Yeah, it was, it was, and it was, it was, it was an interesting premise, and it, then it got into blame. And I'm, and I'm, when I ask this question, I'm not looking for blame. I'm not looking for somebody to give me an answer to condemn Donald Trump. I'm just not interested in it. Um, what, how Donald Trump has handled this? If you would have asked me how he would handle this scenario, and in November of 2016, this is about exactly what I would think he would have done. I mean, this is, this is, this is how he handles something like this is not alarming. Um, It's kind of, the you know, this is, this is, this is why I am, I'm not on board um, because of, of, you know, a lack of um, honesty and, uh, and manipulating facts and, and, or just flat out not telling the truth. And I have, I personally have a problem with it. I recognize plenty of people who are close to me, are don't see it that way, and that's why I've said any time this thing comes up on the podcast that under no circumstances would I, would I cast a vote for him. What has transpired over the last two months is not something our theme for today, eye opening, is eye opening to me. Um, it's, 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 it's. If anything, it's like it's, it's par for the course. Um, so, with with that said. When I ask that question, I'm not looking for blame Donald Trump because, you know, that's not that's not I'm am I my because I, I'm not sure that it is Donald Trump's fault with the testing. I'm asking for somebody citing a quote like Dr. Fauci, for example, who is part of Donald Trump's administration, um, who I have a great deal of respect for Fauci, that is, and consider to be credible uh, that, that helps explain it. Um, but it is to me an odd thing that some of that something has been around for. A number of months and here is this this nation that is you know that we hold of course an in incredible high esteem and around the world uh is held in high esteem in, in certain areas uh and and we're so far behind on testing and i'm just curious as to how that happened but the reason why i, I bring it up on the political thing because then people then like line up with see this proves donald trump or this disproves and i'm like okay
1: that's exactly what I'm not interested
0: in. I, that, that's ex- and that's where I was going with it. It's like and that's why I'm saying I'm not. I I was where I was on Donald Trump back in 2016, and this is what he's how he's conducted himself is, is exactly what I what I figured he would do. It was this isn't like whoa, hold on a second. This man's going to make crap up, you know. It's not. It's not. It's it's it's, it's it is what it is. It, that that arguing about Donald Trump is not solving a problem. I don't, arguing about Donald Trump is distracting from what the the handful of things or one thing that we can do to help our fellow Americans and global citizens you know so I'm just not I'm not i'm I, I don't wanna say I'm not interested uh, to to just flat out mimic exactly what you said, Pete, but it's not. It's 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 just not this. I don't know. This isn't the time. I'm not. I'm just not like. Yeah. I mean, if if you're gonna have a handful of people who are gonna go, no, he's handled it great, and look at look at what he's saying, and look at the China, the the flight thing, and it's like, okay, no, here here's what he said. It's here and here, but who cares right now? Who cares? You know, if you and 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 it's not like you're gonna change those people's minds anyway. You know, and who gives a shit right now? So the, the, the issue I'm anxious to find out is. Donald Trump or not Donald Trump, what? why are we so behind on testing? Because the numbers are going to spike once the tests are uh, made more available. And I believe that is something that is now starting to take place. The question is, why did it take so long? That's what I'm asking. And I don't give a fuck uh, <laughs> if somebody likes Donald Trump or doesn't like Donald Trump. It has nothing to do with it. I'm trying to understand how that happened because, to me, that is a huge part of this so that's that's an element um so that's that's why i bring that up all that right. seems uh, to be a
1: really tough question to not get a political answer from too you know yeah, what i mean like I anytime someone brings up the test it turns political real fast
0: yeah i don't i don't know, I don't know this. all right uh, let's see uh tim i've been a tma listener for just over a year thanks in large part to the 2019 visit to the picnic table and i wanted to follow up to a question you posed on TMA about the validity of the potential for 2.2 million deaths in the United States, ah, this is a good. This is good uh, to reset this. I know what he's talking about. Um, Pete, uh, the New York Times article, um, and I had a real problem with this. I had a real problem with this, and I don't know where you were. You you were on this. They said this was from Tuesday, March 17th, 2020. The opening paragraph of their lead story, their headline story, oh, yeah. said the White House press conference, I'm paraphrasing now, but I, there are, was a word that certainly stands out, the White House press conference, which seemingly was in response to a UK study that said up to 2.2 million Americans could die from the coronavirus. And my issue with that story is to use the words seemingly in response to uh, that in some pipe people might go, who fucking cares? But I have a real problem and this can be as simple as a conversation or an argument that I would have with my wife. It doesn't matter. Or something as significant as this to write seemingly, (laughs) seemingly in response to, to say that the white house's action is seemingly in response to a study that 2.2 million Americans could die from the coronavirus is so irresponsible. So for those of you who hated my Donald Trump comments five minutes ago, I would imagine you love my New York Times criticism right here. And for those of you who loved my (laughs) my Donald Trump criticism five minutes ago, I imagine you hate my New York Times. Hopefully you can just be like everybody else and just hate me. But my observation is to say that in the opening, any any actually seemingly is so irresponsible and that really got my ire up I don't think that's the way you write I think you ha- I think in the press conference you ask any of the 30 people who are up on that stage during those things is this in response to the study from the UK saying up to 2.2 million Americans could die from the coronavirus and then you get a quote not to say seemingly because then all of a sudden now you've got people going hold on a second the White House is acting because they think 2.2 million people are going to die from this? 2.2 million Americans? D- d- how do you see that, Pete? Am I uh, overreacting in your opinion? No, I
1: mean, seemingly is a word you could use in a Dear Deidre article, but <laughs> not like a scientific statement.
0: Holy shit. So that's what this gentleman is starting off with. All right. The stat is not made up and was part of a study by the Imperial College in the United Kingdom on the coronavirus, which was apparently shared with the White House. So that There's that darn apparent word again. I am including a link to the entire article below, but to summarize, the 2.2 million deaths is based on a, quote, unmitigated epidemic scenario for the U.S. It also says regarding this, quote, in the unlikely absence of any control measures or spontaneous changes in individual behavior, we would expect a peak in mortality, daily deaths to occur after approximately three months, end quote. Thus, the 2.2 million number is sourced. But it is an incredibly poor job of reporting, considering the measures that have already been taken in the United States to combat the virus. I would compare it to if you were to give presidential nomination odds of two weeks ago, but gave them as though they were current. Sure, the numbers might pan out if nothing changes, but things have changed and they have changed radically. And while I'm emailing, I am also going to throw in a possible QFTA I am curious if you or anyone on the show are familiar with the 90s sitcom news radio and have any thoughts on it. The show included the frequently mentioned Joe Rogan uh, by TMA, Andy Dick and Joe Rogan, and is probably my favorite show of all time. While it's far from a perfect comparison to TMA, it feels like a good reproduction of the show vibe from a show featuring an arcade video game in the radio station to another show where an employee brings in a porn magazine. That comes from Joe. hashtag bandotum Wow, a rare #HashtagBandodum. Wow, I can't agree gangster with that. Pete, I, I'm familiar with News Radio, but I'm not familiar. I, I didn't watch it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm I haven't
1: watched video. it either. I don't watch a lot of sitcoms. I hear Joe talk about it all the time, so I'm interested in checking it out. But
0: oh, what, as in Joe Rogan talk about it all the time?
1: Yeah, because he's on the show.
0: Right, 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 right. And what does, I, does he look back on it as like a big?
1: Yeah, I mean, he he became really good friends with Phil Hartman. So he'll tell a lot of stories yeah. about him uh, that are interesting, like. Uh, he used to hold speakers up for Jimi Hendrix in New York City when he was a young kid. Pretty really? cool, but uh, yeah. So the stories. I've never show heard are cool. a
0: parallel between <laughs> TMA and news radio, and I'm not uh, familiar enough with it. Yeah, I, I
1: don't know, know enough about news radio. Yeah. I just know the stories behind the scenes.
0: Uh, this one, I hope this, I hope there's payoff on this. I kind of worry because it's 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 long, but I but I think it comes from a place of. Uh, We'll see. I don't know. Gangster Pete, if you want me to eject, eject at any moment. Tim, I caught a short piece of your discussion on the stock market manufacturing in China. I went back and listened to the podcast. I've emailed a couple times and understand the, quote, hate you get from your living abroad. Florida's abroad. Even (laughs) though I am jealous that I cannot do that because of my kids' age, since I get raised eyebrows on some things I can do from family. But I digress. I'm in healthcare sales and work for a company that helped you positively identify your family throughout their time in the hospital during the birth of your son. Gangster Pete, what did I just read? I'm not sure. I'm in healthcare sales and work for a company that helped you positively identify your family throughout their time in the hospital during the birth of your son. I don't know what that means. I'm not being snarky. I just I honestly I'm just No, trying I don't know it. what don't. that means either. Okay. We cover roughly 80% of the population in the U.S. and Canada when they get admitted into the hospital. Not trying to brag, just trying to provide credibility slash background on my email. Going back to 2018, we had a huge dependence on China for production. We started to pull out of China when the tariff started to hit last year. We have worked to minimize the impact to our end users as much as possible. But there were double-digit impacts on our costs, margins, and pricing. We sell millions of units a year, if not more than that company-wide worldwide. I think that China is really screwed in the long term. To me, China will have a number of manufacturing companies leave and move to the other APAC countries that will also produce at pennies on the dollar. It's a reality, but the long-term question will be the components of the products in my mind. If the components are coming from China to make the products we need, we are still dependent upon China. I think that we need a long-term strategy to protect the United States' financial interests. I fully agree that we need to move toward not being so dependent on any certain country and what they can do, but we need to make it affordable for our domestic companies. My company stock has gone down $80 in the past six weeks based on the COVID-19 issues and DJI, which cripples my personal finances and investment portfolio. Uh, Luckily, I can still take care of my family, but I am also... Donating everywhere I can to take care of others. I know that many people would still say I am hashtag blessed, but it does affect everyone. Also, I feel for the restaurant workers like the talk you guys had on the show with Eddie McVeigh. I spent years in that industry, and the people that work there are 100% dependent on customers and tips. I was talking to my wife today about paying them through this only get them to minimum wage. I'm sorry. I was talking to my wife today about paying them through this only gets them minimum wage, because they usually don't claim their tips. That's a messed up, that's a missed piece. A person might be used to making $18 an hour with their tips and will make $9 an hour based off of what they claim. It's a tough spot. Not really points here, just providing my side of thoughts and venting. Uh, that comes from uh, Kevin. Um, yeah, I mean, and that's good. It's good in the sense that I want people to just send in opinions, not that they don't have to have some question. Just, just vent and, and we can respond. I do think that the uh, U.S. dependence on China will change after this. Not that it will uh, isolate uh, to another nation, but the U.S. will uh, diversify. Uh, And I think China will have long-term effects from this. I think this is a defining moment for a nation that I think people thought was going to be uh, in a hell of a position, positively, uh, from their standpoint anyway. In the 21st century, anything else from that gangster Pete that uh, stood out to you? Yeah, I think and, and also the, the the waiters and waitresses. Yeah, you can pay them their salaries, but they make their money or their wages, but they make their money on tips. So I couldn't agree more on that point.
1: So I think we're going to rely on Mexico a lot more in the future. That's what I've been hearing, reading. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's uh, that wouldn't surprise me. That's certainly uh, that's certainly something that I think uh, is is live and was perhaps trending that direction before this anyway. Uh, here is a non, I think. Uh, coronavirus. Good afternoon, Tim. I am too lazy to do the research. I wonder if Derek Gould has inside information as to the clock as it relates to Carlson and the actual starting date of the season. What would the call-up date be that would keep him under control? Love the show. Thanks. That's from Chuck. A non-coronavirus question. Uh, It's games played. That's the service time. It's not dates. So it's still the same deal. It's still games played. So I don't think that that is anything that really changes. I guess if you're making the point... That Let's say they play 81 games, so half the schedule as opposed to 162. Does each game count for two games toward the service time? I guess that's his question, maybe, if I'm understanding it. Gary, Mr. Pete, anything? Am I missing on that?
1: No, nope. uh, I think it should count as two, though, if they'd play half a season.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I, in that sense, that, that that makes you wonder, because, yeah, it's a year on his life, you know? Yeah. So I wonder that is that that's a good question. I don't have the answer on that, but it's not a month thing. Um, like May doesn't now all of a sudden become April. What? How many baseball? I'll set the over under on baseball games played this year and by each team. Well, oh, I'm going to set it at seventy point five. You going over under?
1: Seventy point five. I will take under.
0: I'm with you on that. I, I want to take over, over, but I mean, I, I just, know I would love to take. I over don't see really the long. end in sight, to be honest. You know, I kind of unfortunately agree with you. Boy, a lot of people are sending in some. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not shitting on the emails at all. I'm just saying they're long, and since I uh, I like to read them while doing the program, um, it, 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 it 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 we're we're leveraged because uh, if it's if it's if they're bad. Uh, we're knee deep in them i think i think i I might have read this one in advance though or at least part of it hey tim not really a question but want to talk things out because i'm having a hard time having an honest conversation with my friends and family on social media i feel like the coronavirus has been another line in the list of the media being no longer the quote watchdog for the public as soon as this virus began to show up in the media i had a feeling that it would spread rapidly There has been so much reporting on the coronavirus that it is hard to establish what is real and or fake. As a society, I feel like we react more to the negatives and the positives in life. Maybe not react more, but it elicits a more exciting slash hysterical response. The media, not all, but a lot of the 24-hour news places have been reporting stories about how dangerous the virus is and it's going to kill a lot of people. To make things worse, they create narratives that cause hysteria which our society reacts poorly to. The rush to the grocery stores, long lines at the gas stations, see oil crisis events in the past. They, the media, are doing it a service. Let the doctors, infectious disease specialists, CDC, um, uh, report and have the media stop these overhyped reactions. As you reported many times, these stories equal clicks, and clicks mean money. More clicks means they report more on the topic, and it becomes a vicious cycle. This is a scary time for me. ...as I can envision this type of story or virus or the next coronavirus being used by the media as a weapon to control what people do. Can you imagine dealing with this again and again with some other type of virus or thing that is going to kill us? The panic that would ensue. I am a firefighter paramedic and work in the medical field on my days off. I have seen the flu and yes, the coronavirus is more infectious right now than the flu... There are more cases of the flu than this virus. The flu is almost an afterthought. People young, old, and immunocompromised have died from the flu every year, yet the media does not report on the flu at all the way they report on the coronavirus. They report how countries shut down, the streets are empty, people are buying toilet paper, restaurants are closed, gatherings are limited, and this only fused the hysteria surrounding this virus. Do you think the media, I hate using it as a whole, but for the purpose of the question, I'll use media, has done a good job of laying out the facts, or do you think they have played a part in the hysteria? I am trying to live my normal life until I am told otherwise. I feel like the panic has been greater than the coronavirus is as a whole. My intention is not trying to downplay the coronavirus. My point is to listen to the CDC, the doctors who see infectious diseases. When they begin to report this is nothing to worry about, the public needs to trust and not worry about it. When these doctors say there is data to support that this is a major issue, then the press needs to report this and not pontificate. Report and do not cloud the waters with it misinformation. I wondered a lot and may not have been articulate. I wondered a lot and may not have been articulate. Just wanted to type some things out. I enjoy your show and TMA. Uh, no names, please, in parentheses. Um, and when was that sent? Okay, because I was wondering if that because it kind of seems like something that might have been sent a week ago, which sounds weird. <laughs> And it's not and is by no means intended to be a shot. Um, now I see he sent me something else. It was all in one email stream. Uh, hey Tim, just saw the article on the fan page by Jason Warner. Scary read. That's the one that uh, I know we talked about in the morning after. And it was sober the numbers. That, yes, yes. If we are basing the numbers of the reported 50x figure, that is staggering. I'm trying to find anything from the CDC and World Health Organization that reports on actual cases versus confirmed cases, but haven't found anything yet. I'm not a math wizard by any means, but shouldn't we also be looking at those who are tested and actually found to be negative? The ones tested are those who meet the criteria of cough and or fever, known exposure, recent travel. These would in theory be the group that would likely have COVID-19. I get that some people have no symptoms and they would not likely be tested and could definitely spread the disease without knowing it. That is scary." And also that those not meeting the criteria for a swab are currently not being swabbed. Some have been directed to my facility that I work at part-time to be tested by Quest. We usually get those patients who are coughing, had a fever, and are concerned they might have it or are considered to be low-risk by Missouri's health hotline. No confirmed cases yet as of today. I think part of the problem for these numbers is that they are not enough tests right now, and so they are conservatively testing patients, which is not great. For both sides of the argument, low risk or people who would never get tested because they have no symptoms could hide more cases or the people who actually don't have it or these low risk patients who are actually not getting the virus could bring the infection rates down. Maybe not a math guy. Either way, you, you look at it, this is, not going, this is going to be interesting to see where numbers end up because as of now, the only true way to stop the virus completely is a 14-day quarantine. That's the incubation period. The entire for the entire country, which would have impacts for years to come. Thanks for reading all the emails and being so open for listener participation. So it kind of sounded like, in a way, Pete, uh, same person who wrote in one. The first one was sent in on March sixteenth at ten fifty-seven, and last uh, the one that I just read was sent in last night at ten eleven p.m. So what thirty-six hours apart, and it sounded like his opinion changed a little bit. I, I, I don't maybe. Uh, what What do you think?
1: Well, I, I agree with him in the first part. I think that there's they've really blurred the lines between news, opinion, and entertainment. And I really think that news should just be reporting the facts and leaving your personal opinion out of it. So like what he said towards the end of that about wanting to get the facts and figures from scientists and doctors, could not agree more with that. And then it sounded like, uh, yeah, he started taking the virus very more seriously in the second part.
0: I feel like I mean at this point, like when we were talking about it on the radio show, and I don't do you keep the text inbox open? I, I do. do right, so you probably saw some of the text that I saw but didn't read, yeah, and it was it was really weird, and I chose not to read the majority of them on the air because I know it would have led to sidetracking the discussion and going down a political road, but at and I'm talking about a week ago or less, um, when we would talk about it, the percentage of people who were downplaying it and or who thought the Rogan interview, for example, was Democratic propaganda, right. that was going on. Now, apparently it's still going on, but it's going on in lesser numbers. Um, I actually agree with his the premise of his first email, but I'm probably coming at it from a different perspective than he's coming at it, I think, based on what I read. I could be wrong. doesn't matter. I'm answering his question and and giving my opinion. Um, I, I think one of the most damning commentaries on media is, uh, and I don't know if you've seen any of these, Pete. I would imagine you have, um, the audio-slash-video clips of Fox News anchors uh, on, I mean, as recently as a week ago, but more two weeks ago, talking about this, and now how they're talking about it over the last 48, 72 hours. Um, it's grotesque. And I and I try to kind of like get away from that stuff for the most part, but I'm kind of at a point now where I'm like, you know, the, 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 it, it's just, it's it's, it's grotesque. There's no other way for me to describe it. Because it, you, you, knew, you knew what was going on, and just kinda like, okay, you just kind of go, okay, since you know what's going on. But, but why now have people found religion, so to speak, on this over the last five or six days? Why has a portion of the population found religion on this over the last four or five days? And the answer is, A, the president found religion on it and B Fox news started finding religion on it. Um, you had a lady by the name of Trish Regan, if I'm not mistaken, are you familiar with this story, Pete? No, who is an anchor on Fox business news who said that this was, uh, yet another way to try to impeach the president. Uh, her show has been put on hiatus. Um, and then take your pick of whichever, you know, uh, using the, the flu thing that we heard about plenty. Um, you know, we I saw that there was a thing on uh, on the fan page um, talking about uh, Clay Travis and the way that he is handling it on um, on his show. And because I'm connected via Comrex, you know, I turn on, I press, you know, I connect with the station each morning, and I I hear the show. And I thought he had kind of moved off it, but our uh, listeners and the fan page were saying he's still on this thing. That this is you know, he's kind of moved the goalposts. Initially he was doing the flu thing. Now he's saying, well, it might be serious and I know people are going to die, but it's not worth the economic impact. So it's, you know, a goalpost moving strategy. And I just, I mean, it, but, but as I also said, when somebody brought that up, I said, I'm really surprised by that. You know, Clay has been, he's been a guest, he's been in studio. Uh, I know he is a, a, an incredibly intelligent person. Um, and so people then ask the question: Well, is he saying this stuff knowing, or is he does he really believe it? And that kind of that kind of makes it take a step back on all of this stuff with media. And I'm on this. I'm not going Fox News or Clay Travis or any, I'm talking across the board, as as in, do the people who take a line take a, an idealism, so to speak, in their broadcasts? Are they saying it because they believe it, or are they saying it because they know it will? placate and enthuse energize their audience and be good for business and my answer to the question that i you know posed myself is um i think i think i think for the most part so greater than 50 percent. i think people honestly think it but i definitely think there are some people who do it because they know it will it's good for their business and and i hate that and when I was answering the question, when somebody asked about uh, what what Clay was saying, and I said, I think, and I do, I think he's an incredibly intelligent guy. And by the way, I hope he's right. I hope he's right. Shit, I hope he's right. Um, that when I interviewed him, and I can't remember if it was him or if it was Artie Lang, but um, Clay or Artie, one of the two, or perhaps both of them, and I'm, I'm really not sure why, but, it, but it'll, I'll get to my point here, said that, they remember Howard Stern saying, under no circumstances do you ever admit to your audience that you were wrong. Now, I don't recall Howard Stern saying that, but I haven't listened to every minute of Howard Stern. I've, if he did say it, i got to be honest and say that I'm kind of, you know, as a, as a monster Howard Stern fan, I'm disappointed. Uh, and maybe he said that back like in the 80s or 90s, and it's not something the Howard Stern of 2020 would say uh but but i remember whenever whether it was clay or Artie, when they were saying that to me um i remember thinking to myself man i just really disagree with that uh i just i i i vehemently disagree with that and that's that's pre coronavirus so that i interviewed clay in 2017 and already, you know a few few times um and so it's pre this stuff it's well before this stuff and I just absolutely disagree with that premise. I think credibility with an audience is built on transparency and honesty for the things, again, that I always say that, you know, the, 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 the things that involve oneself. Like I can sit there and say this about this person, but now I'm bringing somebody else into the transparency, and that's not fair. That's for that person. But for my own situation, uh, if I'm wrong on something, like, for example, uh, my bet with the cat on the XFL and them not getting 25,000 fans in the first game – uh, selling 25,000 tickets, I was wrong. I mean, how the hell can I spin that? I mean, it's fucking wrong. It's period. There's, no, there's not an interpretation. Betting the Plowhawk that the Cardinals would uh, sign in or trade for an impact bat before opening day, I was certain on that. I mean, as certain as you can be to give somebody 10-to-1 odds, I was certainly confident of it. Let's put it that way. And I was wrong. And I, and I, I can't imagine, actually, going on the air and just like continuing to, be, to, to say something that I don't really believe. Uh, and I'm not saying that he's doing that or anybody's doing that for that matter. Um, it could be a company edict. I don't know, but I just know that, but for me individually, I would, I wouldn't want to be on the air, like parodying something that, that is not what I, what I truly think. So that's, that's how I, but if anything from, and I get that from Howard Stern actually. And I get that in the sense that I remember him saying that you want to be honest with the audience as honest as possible. And, uh, and therefore, it would go against it to sit there and say, "Well, I was, I was right, I was right, I was right." No, no, no. I know you're presenting this fact, but no, I was right, and here's how I was right, and spin it. I think that would piss people off in the audience. Gangster Pete, I have been uh, talking forever. Your <laughs>
1: Uh Like Rush Limbaugh probably has the most outrageous views on this whole thing, but people. Oh, really? No, I'm not familiar with. Any I mean, he still thinks it's like the common cold and all that stuff.
0: Real, yeah like you like you know this to be like you know this to be the case. you heard the man speak within the last 24 hours.
1: Well not in the last 24 hours but within the last week he's been saying this stuff. I know okay. that uh, but people like him, people like Clay Travis, like I don't care what political side you're on like they give their opinions all the time so I'm less interested in what they say. like I expect them to be wrong most of the time and I know that rush has a clear agenda uh, you could argue. Clay might as well. It looks like he might, but whatever. Regardless of that, those guys give opinions all the time, so I don't. I I really don't care what they say. Like it's entertaining to hear their ideas. I'm glad there's other ideas out there just to like make you think about it. But my problem is when news sources that are supposed to be reporting the news have their opinions baked into those. That's what ticks me off. That's a a nice point. You know what I mean? Like I, if I go to a news source, I want to get the news, the facts. And when I the opinions so, are baked I, in, that pisses I, I me off. I agree out.
0: with you. I, that's a nice distinction. I, and, and I'm glad you brought that up. I guess I guess, for me now at this point, but it is interesting. You know, it's somehow at some at some point, because I was giving my opinion on the radio show, and then somebody emailed or texted in and said I was like Don Lemon, which I really did take as a big insult because, I mean, I, I, that, that gentleman is, <laughs> is for real. One of my least favorite people because, I mean, he's just uh, – I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't even know. I, I need to articulate it better, but I'm just, it's so, it's not, it's not that I consider it to be a, a dishonest, but not that I don't think it is dishonest. I, it, it's, 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 it's smarmy and it's condescending. And I also don't think, uh, it's, it's particularly highbrow, uh, in, in the sense that he was, I don't know. It's just, uh, and it, it, it like, like it's one thing if it's gonna be okay, you know. I don't know who would you, who would one consider to be you know if it's like a sixty minutes piece, and you know the reporter knows what he or she is talking about. Not that a sixty minutes then would interact and then like kind of crap on the audience. Um, but but he he's not. It's just he's not there. So, but but then an hour before her, two hours before him, you have Anderson Cooper, same network. And I think a lot of people, including people who would consider themselves to be conservative, because uh, I feel like we had this as a question a, a few weeks ago, uh, would say that Anderson Cooper is somebody that they do consider to be um, honest, um, even if for those who are Fox News viewers, uh, he is, of course, an anchor on CNN. Um, I watch Chris Wallace on Sunday mornings. Uh, so, it's yes i agree and so that's what you had going on but they were you know th- anyway the, the 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 audio of the fight i mean there's the audio of course of president trump's evolution on this over the last month or even couple weeks uh you know it's under control tremendous control you know it just but it's, it's like okay whatever it's like are are you are, is anybody surprised by it you know, and then like people like digging in, going, "Well, this yeah, but when he gets us out of it, everybody's gonna give him credit." Okay, fine. You, you guys do your thing where you argue about it and you blame, him, and that's fine. I get it. It's it's, but it, but it's not gonna it's not gonna solve what is a real problem. This isn't like arguing over the crowd at the inauguration. That's that's like a a side piece type of thing. <laughs> this is a real issue, uh, and spending time on arguing over that to me is, you know, I saw um, before we went on, uh, Pete. David Axelrod tweeted something and he was Barack Obama's, uh, chief of staff for his first term. And now he's on CNN. I enjoy his podcasts. Um, and, and he was critical of a democratic campaign advertising strategy that was going to use Trump's coronavirus. you know, how the words have changed and they, you know, contradict each other and, you know, standard stuff with him. Uh, in an ad campaign, and he said that this is just not the time for it. And I couldn't agree with him more. I mean, that's been my opinion well before I saw David Axelrod's tweet. It's just not the time. I think it does a disservice if your goal is to uh, try to win over voters who might be on the fence on Trump or Biden. This isn't the time to do it, to to use that as a, you know, use it whenever this hopefully is in our rearview mirror. But now – when it's on when it's on our horizon, I don't know. I just think it's I, I think it's a bad strategy, and I also just think it's it's just wrong. Um, all right, I said I'm gonna k- keep us to an hour, and here we are. We're at 59 minutes, and I could go for five more <laughs> hours, but I won't do it to you. I won't do it to you. But I maybe will uh, say let's do another one tomorrow uh, because I have so much. Um, let me see.
1: It's gonna be another beautiful day here.
0: What, what is it? Is More it rain? Is it really? It's not cold. It's just rainy,
1: dreary, and the world is ending. So it's not really. My wife happy says time.
0: this about March and April. She says they're her least favorite months. And I said, why? In April, like the first week of April in particular, last week of March, first week of April. And I said, why? I said to me, that's when I start getting like out of like the the climate, the slash weather. Uh, depression that I start getting into in the second half of October. The second half of March is when I start getting out of it because you know the good weather is around the corner, and you also usually have the NHL playoffs, opening day, the Masters. Mm-hmm. I don't get into the NCAA tournament anymore, but I know a lot of people do. All of those things, and then you have warm weather. And she said, my issue with April is... You think it's going to be warm, and then, now that we're talking, of course, in St. Louis, you think it's going to be warm, but then it winds up, yeah, there are a handful of days where it's warm, but it's cloudy and gray, and it bothers you more than when it's cloudy and gray in January because in January you expect it, and it becomes more tilting because you want to get outside in April, and you think it's time, but it winds up still being occasionally cold, gray, and rainy, and, and it's not, uh, and it, and it's, a, it's a, false, uh, a false sense of uh, hope.
1: April showers bring May flowers, but those dreary days make you don't make you feel guilty about staying in to watch all the sports. You know, yeah. So it's well, almost positive. But now, yeah, well, well, there's no sports, so there's no, nothing. There's no there's so what are you doing? Look forward to. Uh, I mean, I've been working out. I've been. What do you have a home gym? Uh, I do have weights in my place, and then I look have a. You. I go run in the park, uh, Lafayette Square Park. Run around there nice. a few times, uh, and then uh, I've caught up on some movies. Uh, caught up on some shows. Played golf with my old man yesterday. I mean, that's about it. There
0: it is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, oh. I'm already
1: getting sick of being in.
0: So. I know. And, I mean, there's eight more at least.
1: I'm telling you, if it, they take golf, that is, I mean, that is such a nice respite from this whole thing. Like, where you can just get away from it. Like, yesterday I just got away from it for four and a half, five hours. It was awesome. And then, after the end of the round, it's like, where do you want to eat? Like, oh. Yeah then it hit you uh
0: you got to throw a hundred dollars down will uh golf uh, go away within the next week
1: i'll say no not everywhere
0: do you think you're answering that question with yes. your heart or with your, head? With, <laughs> heart. with your heart yeah yeah i don't know i uh i i i, I really truly don't see it as a risk but at I, the same time i know i'm biased as well so i could actually better.
1: see that being split just based on ownership groups i could see some places closing some staying open
0: yeah i was uh i was wondering like if it's just like at a point where some places go yeah we're gonna keep like it's like if your country club we're going to keep it just for members i know down here that that's uh the case for a few places we were supposed to play uh old marsh which i haven't played i guess it's i mean the name can kind of give you an idea of what the course is like (laughs) right um, I think it's a Ray Floyd course. That's where I was supposed to play when I. Played Ooh, I'm looking at pictures
1: now. It Looks nice.
0: Yeah, apparently it's like at, like in, in uh, Adam's Adam Long's dad was the one who set it all up, and he was all excited about it, and uh, and he texted me on Sunday. He goes, "Hey, golf's out. Old Marsh is uh, shut down." I go, "Really?" I go, "I didn't think that was in play. We wanted to play in somewhere else." So it is a kind of a case by case thing. And I don't know. I don't know if Old Marsh. I think I think it's a private place. None of us. members of course um and maybe that's why it got shut i have no idea i don't know it's not adam plays at a place but he doesn't play there so i don't know man yes i agree with you though in the sense that it is a respite and i did read an article about it a few days ago and they said you know and i think they were speaking with a doctor, and they said your risk on golf is similar to like your risk on a hike the only difference is you are you can be in a cart with somebody and then the, and then the flag stick, right. you know, which I guess is why what you were saying you weren't gonna you were just gonna leave the flag stick in the whole time and I guess that's a good move.
1: Yeah, that's what we did. We saw the people in front of us were taking it out every hole.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't even cross my mind, but yeah, it's like okay, why even mess with it? Uh, so, and then at that point, your own clubs. I I take my as I said earlier, I take my son out and did it yesterday, just to this little green and just short game area in the back it's off of number two at the, at the at the champion course at PGA at like at five o'clock when nobody's out there and he just throws balls in the bunker and <laughs> he's happy and I'm just chipping and pitching and I'm out there with my son and it's you know just it's it's kind of like a field of dreams setting and uh, but before we got in the cart the, the, one of the people there they come over and they spray the cart with some kind of disinfectant I guess so that's the step they've taken right here. Uh, did, were there anything's going on when you played Tapawingo yesterday with your dad?
1: Well my dad actually got the email from Tapawingo saying they were going through some different precautions, you know. Like yeah. he, he usually plays at his club, so when we play sometimes he likes to go play somewhere else just to play a different course. Yeah, sure. So uh, he got that email from them. He's like, "Well, let's go try that out." I mean, nothing really noticeable. The clubhouse smelled like it had been cleaned recently.
0: <laughs> That's yeah. about it. Yeah, we'll see, man. I don't know. I I just don't I don't know. I don't I don't know. I don't I don't see – because you're outside, and that's the, you know, the ultraviolet rays. I don't know. But, I mean, I don't know. I really – because I it was like baseball. Like when I was I – was, I, happened, I happened to be out on the course with Al Roboski. who I was playing with last week when the, when the baseball season got shut down. And I wasn't really surprised. I expected it because the night before the NBA had shut down, you knew it was just a matter of time. And I happened to be out on the course with uh, Adam when uh, baseball shut down again, uh, this time for eight weeks. And as we were wrapping up, uh, as we were pulling up to the 18th green, he, he was texting with somebody. I don't know if it was his caddy or another player. And he goes, oh, they're shutting down the Zurich and uh, Quail Hollow. Uh, what is that? Well, what is that? Which, what was the Quail Hollow event in North Carolina? Is it called Quail Hollow? That's the course, right? That's, yeah. It's the that's Wells the Fargo? Course. Is that what it is? Um, I think it's Wells Fargo. I could be wrong. Either way. And I go, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's I go, Wells Fargo. That is okay, but they haven't shut down. They haven't shut down Hilton Head yet. He goes, yeah, but I would imagine they would, because those events are after Hilton Head. Hilton Head's in the week after the Masters, and so you know, here he is. Here's a guy who actually makes his living playing on the tour, and he's just kind of like, yeah, I expect it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the golf course thing, for for just people going out and playing, I think that one would surprise me. I really do. So I'm gonna I'm gonna bet a against it I'm gonna I'm gonna bet against it and i'm i I think it's not rooted in what I want <laughs> to be the case I think it's an honest ass- i just I can't a picture I can't picture like dr fauci going we need people off golf courses you know I don't know All I just right. can't can't picture it. Uh, all right. Well, I might do more questions from the audience uh, this week. We have a billion more questions that I didn't get to. Gangster Pete, I always appreciate your time. Thank you to our sponsors who make it possible, thehomeloanexpert.com, James Carlton, the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, Johnny Landoff, Chevrolet, Highway 270, and the Washington Elizabeth Chevy, Find New Roads, and Design Air Heating and Cooling online at designairservice.com. You can send in questions, feedback, opinions, whatever, anytime. Tim McKernan at InsideSTL.com. For Gangster Pete, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been another edition of Questions from the Audience on the Tim McKernan Show from the com studios.
1: Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors.
0: We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season.
1: You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of.